This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. John Jastrzemski. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. And Sports Radio 66. WFAN. Hour number three. It's 8.06. Here on this Thursday evening, it's JJ, Janshi Stremski. We're taking you through the next two hours right here on the fan. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And it's been a whole lot of Yankee postmortem as we're trying to make sense of how a team that's been really good over the last four years, but a team that's come up short in each and every one of those particular campaigns can find a way to go and get over the hump. So I'm hopeful our next guest can, you know, try to guide us in the right direction. He's been covering baseball for a long time. Star Ledger, Bleacher Report, one of my all-time favorites, the great Bob Clappish. Bob, good evening. How are you, my friend? What's happening? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for that wonderful build-up. You'll be receiving my payment shortly. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll be waiting for the check in the mail. I could use it. Bob, let's start here. Yankees and the Rays. Now, I picked Tampa to win this series in five, and I know for a lot of people, it might have been hard to say, point blank, the Rays are better. But I thought it was obvious in watching the five-game series, the Yankees not having enough arms they could trust out of the bullpen. Tampa, unbelievable, you know, defensively making plays, big hits, you name it. The better team won. You agree or disagree? Oh, I absolutely agree. I mean, I don't, you know, Brian Cashman said it yesterday in his press conference that you know, in this case, the better team won. The best team won. It was that was not an upset. So when if you're hearing that from the general manager, I, I, it's pretty hard for you know, the fan base to disagree. So yeah, this was. I picked the Yankees in five against my better judgment. I thought that Cole would end up having a great game, which he did, and that the Yankees would rally behind him. Just the idea of finally having that ace on the mound in a make-or-break situation would somehow they'd somehow prevail. But, you know, even even Cole wasn't enough. So, you know, intellectually, I had a sense all along that it was going to be the race. Okay, Bob, and you wrote about this, and it's something we've been talking about on the air the last couple of days. We all know the Yankees have been a good team over the last four years. They've won a couple of playoff series. They won 100 games in back-to-back years. But in the postseason, against Houston, twice, against Boston, against Tampa, They haven't been a better team. So you hear from general manager Brian Cashman, we're close. You hear from Aaron Boone, we're trying to knock down and go through the door, if you will. So you've been around baseball a long time. What, in your opinion, 
is the biggest weakness for this Yankee team in being good but not being good enough? That's, you know, that's such a you know, complex question because you really have to go back to the original premise that being good or good enough guarantees you a championship. Look, I, you know, I grew up a Yankee fan. I was a fan, you know, and I, I get that, you know, you should, why aren't they winning? And I've covered baseball long enough to know back in the day it used to be easier for great teams to win. But you've got to remember that there's a flip side to it now. You know, now they've got to go through three layers of playoffs, and this year it was four layers of playoffs. The possibility of the great, greatest team winning, the probability, I should say, is now 15%. And so the, what you have now is that the, the, by far the best team in the big leagues this year, by far, better than the Rays, is the Dodgers. I mean, there's not an executive in baseball who will dispute that. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball, and, and if you play out this season 100 times, they're going to win the championship more often than not. But here they are trying to stay alive against the Braves, who are a rung below. They're a gray below, but they have a good chance of knocking off the Dodgers. Dodgers have won eight straight division titles, and they have nothing to show for it. They haven't won you know, World Series since 88. Can you imagine what it's like to be a Dodger fan? So you take what the Yankees fans are feeling right now and multiply it by two, three decades. And I think the point is, the way baseball is structured now, and the reason why there's no dynasties anymore is because it's all about the improbability, I'm sorry, the unpredictability and the randomness of the playoffs. You just can't build a team that's guaranteed to win anymore. It just doesn't happen. you just got to pray for a little good luck. And the Yankees have not had that good luck. I thought last year that was their year. It should have been their year. They won 103 games. They had a great team. They had a great team. And they ended up losing to an Astros team that cheated. And that, you know, you know, People on the outside say, well, it's just an excuse. It's not an excuse. It's the fact is that they cheated their way to the World Series. That's why the Yankees didn't win the pennant. So I don't – I thought that this year they, you know, they should have deserved they, – they deserved the pass from being denied in, in, in 2019. So what is it – getting back to your, the original premise of your question, what does it take for the Yankees to get to breaking down the wall – as Aaron Boone says, well, hey, you got to be good enough to get to the playoffs, which the Yankees are almost every year. You got to get hot. You have to have everybody healthy. You have to have that that fair amount of karma and momentum, all those things. And you also have to be lucky. You have to just hope that the randomness of the playoffs doesn't doesn't shoot you down like an assassin. And unfortunately, the Yankees have just not been lucky. They are good enough to win. They really are. And like last year, they were really good enough to win. They came down a little bit this year. They weren't as good. But my point is that there's no guarantee. There's just nothing you can do that will say, this is we. This team is going to win we, from spring training. We're going to win. Like I said, if the Dodgers don't win it this year, then you know that there's no bulletproof formula. There's just, there's just, it doesn't exist in baseball. Bob, let me throw this at you because it's something I noticed in the Tampa series, and I get what the analytics are going to tell you, you know, the right on right as far as yeah. being able to wear out third and fourth starters and putting up your numbers in the regular season. And I know Judge and Urshela and LeMayu and Stanton can hit the ball opposite way over the fence. But when you're facing Glass now, when you're facing Nick Anderson and you see these like really, really tough right on right matchups, I think it hurts the Yankees not having another lefty batter two in this lineup. And look, I'm not saying that you're going to go at a guy who's a high stroke guy because I think the Yankees have plenty of those. Um, right. I'm looking at a guy like Brantley where, yeah, on the surface I say, all right, he doesn't necessarily have a position on the Yankees in 2021, but he's left-handed. He puts the bat on the ball. And I think it's one of those ingredients that might seem minor, but in a five or seven game series, 
it might make a difference. Does it bother you, Bob, that the Yankee lineup is as right-handed as they currently are? Uh, not really. Well, yes, I, I totally get your point that they need that. And it, really, I should refer back to my previous answer. The Yankees c- can do a couple of things to increase their odds of winning. Like I said, it can't be guaranteed, but there are a couple of tweaks that I think Brian Cashman is going to address this year. I mean, for sure, he needs another starting pitcher. Uh, and for sure, he needs to do something about catching. And the idea of another left-handed hitter is interesting, you know, and, and you can make a strong case for it. But the Yankees' right-handed power is is profiled towards right and right center. They really do excel in that ballpark. It's, you know, historically the Yankees have been all about left-handed hitting in in a short port in that short porch, but their right-handed power now has transitioned in that direction to opposite, opposite field power. So, I'm not sure that that's a must. I'm I'm not sure that's a must. I mean, they do have to decide what they're going to do about shortstop with Glaber, and that's a big call. That's a really big decision. It has a ripple effect up and down the lineup and on defense, and they really have to decide what to do about Sanchez. But I'm not 100% sold on a guy like Michael Brantley. The great Bob Clappish, he joins us here on The Fan. You hit on a great point, Bob. Glaber Torres' future to me is so fascinating because if the Yankees feel comfortable enough at shortstop, it allows you maybe to roll with the status quo. If they're looking to go and bring in you know, a better defensive shortstop, and you're going to have to move, let's say, Gleyber Torres to second base. It goes without saying the Yankees have to keep DJ LeMayu. I know you're going to be in agreement on that. He's too good. He's the heart and soul of the team. Uh, everything about that guy screams Yankee. You can't let that guy go. So to me, Bob, there's a trickle-down effect. If indeed they move Torres off of shortstop, is now the time to sell on a guy like Luke Voigt, who I love because he was accountable. He had a great year. When they were losing a bunch of games, I loved this presser where he said, you know, we're not playing like the Yankees. Like, it was honest. It was human. It was refreshing. But do you think the Glaber decision has a major impact on what could happen with a guy like Voigt and whether or not the Yankees maybe look to make a move there? You know, there's there's two two ways to answer that. Um, you know, he's not great on defense. And if you're going to trade him, now's the time. His value has never been higher. He's a home run champion. But again, you have to you know go two steps ahead and think where is Glaber Torres' future? Do you do you think he's a good enough shortstop? Do you trust his arm? Do you trust his hands? Do you think he's going to put on weight as he gets older? You know, he's got a pretty thick body. You'd be surprised. Uh, I, I don't find that explosive athleticism that you see in other shortstops around the, the big leagues. I mean, he's okay. He's a good athlete. He's got you know better than average speed. Range is okay, but he doesn't have the ability to dive and get back to his feet really fast. And you do see that in other shortstops. And that's what, to me, is a sign of a plus defender at short, the ability to dive and literally like bounce back to your feet and make that strong throw. You know, I'm talking about you know, balls to your left, base hits up to the left, you dive, you extend, you lay out, and you're up on your feet instantaneously, and you throw the runner out. Glaber can't do that. So maybe his best spot is second base. And maybe that means you have to put LeMayhew at first base, and then what do you do with Voight? You know, but to me, there's another element to it. Before you trade Voight, he is such a voice in the clubhouse, as, as you referenced. I mean, there is something to be said for a guy who, by his own honesty, you know, and by the, the intensity and it, the, the naked desire to win, and the way he wears his emotions on his sleeve, you don't find that anywhere in baseball anymore. It's very, very rare. Guys just don't talk like that in, in 2020. It's, it's from a past era. It's like back when I started covering baseball in the 80s and 90s. That's what ballplayers were like. 
Luke Voigt would have been very, very comfortable playing with Don Mattingly or Keith Hernandez and in that era. That's the kind of guy he is. And there's immense value in that, which cannot be quantified. So before you trade Voigt, before the analytics department tells you it's the right move and we can get X player for this and we can get much better offense out of second base or a shortstop with someone else and we'll get better defense with Glaber at second, before you, you accept that and embrace all that, you have to decide what is it going to mean to lose Luke Voigt and the effect he has on the other players. And that's, that's something to consider because he's quite a guy. He's quite a unique guy in this era. Let's get to Sanchez, Bob. You know he's become one of the more polarizing players on this team. And I was a defender every which way. I mean, I, going back to last year, even at points this year, it's painfully obvious now that in the postseason, the Yankees had no confidence in him. It's why you saw Higgy catch game three, game four. Obviously, Higgy has this relationship with Garrett Cole. He turned into the personal catcher. Sanchez's value on the trade market, it's probably as low as it could possibly be. But I guess I'm wondering, can the relationship between the Yankees and Sanchez going into next year, can that be salvaged? I think the Yankees would like that, if only because he can get. there's nothing to be gained for him right now, and his trade value is almost nil. So I think they're going to bring him to camp and, and see what's what. You know, I would not be surprised if they try and dispatch a sports psychologist to work with Gary. Something's wrong. He's better than this. He has been better. There's, assuming that there's no physical problem that the Yankees have been hiding from us or that he's been hiding from the Yankees, something psychologically or emotionally has, has, taken, has really undercut his career, almost destroyed his career. He's just not the same guy. He looks distracted, depressed. He's not a bad person, and that's what people ask me all the time. You know, my friends who are Yankee fans, what's this guy like? Is he a jerk? You know, he's not. I, you know, he's a very soft-spoken, very shy guy doesn't like to be interviewed, you know, has a little trouble expressing himself, and really does care about losing. I'm sure he's embarrassed. But there's something, there's some piece of his psychological makeup that has been, has gone haywire. And I would not be surprised if the Yankees try to address that this winter and bring him to camp and try and rehabilitate him. It's otherwise, if you, if you really have given up on him, and I don't know the answer to that yet. I don't think the Yankees have made that decision yet. But if you really don't think that he can be salvaged, then you just non-tender him and you just let him go. But I would be very surprised if if the Yankees, you know, take the go the nuclear option and just blow up the relationship altogether. I think they're going to take one more run at him in 2021. Now, is he going to be the number one star? Is he going to play 140 games? No, I, I think Higgy has earned a, a much bigger role. But I don't think that that Sanchez has completely. It's time to divorce him altogether. I will say, however that his strikeouts, his three-pitch strikeouts, it's, it's demoralizing to the rest of the team. I mean, he's become an automatic out, a black hole in the lineup. And, and that can't exist. That can't go on any longer. That has to be fixed. You know, on top of his, you know, whatever you know, emotional issues he may be having, or behavioral or whatever, confidence issues, just as a hitter, something has to be fixed. He's much better than this. He really is. I mean, he can't go from where he was two or three years ago to this all at once at his age. You know, if he was 37, say, okay, you know, he's aged out. He's, you know, he's at the end of his career. He's in a late decline phase, but that's not the case. Bob, let's get to the manager. I think Aaron Boone is great in dealing with you guys. I think he's probably very, very good in that locker room in the clubhouse and dealing with the players. But I noticed this year, and you'd hear it after games. You've tweeted about it. I definitely have tweeted about it. This, like, no-big-deal type of adage, you know? Like, it, it felt like there was a lack of urgency 
at least the way he was expressing things in members to the media and, you know, in the comments that he'd make after a game. And I think his team's play reflected that in the way they were just so Jekyll and Hyde throughout the year. There's that. I look at the way, you know, a couple of these games have been managed in the postseason. I I still, for the life of me, can't understand why Mike Ford, who hadn't had a hit, you know, for a month, is getting in at bat with the game on the line in the eighth inning, a game five of a playoff series. So I'm not looking to roast Aaron Boone and, you know, suggest that the Yankees should go and make a managerial change. But for a guy, Bob, who was as good as humanly possible last year, pushing all the right buttons, getting the Yankees through adversity, I think there's going to be a whole lot of pressure on Aaron Boone going into this season. I mean, fair or unfair, when you manage the Yankees, that's par for the course. Um, does this manager, in your opinion, need to be better going into next year? Well, he certainly has to regain his edge. I mean, I covered, I covered, and I want to start by saying I really like the guy, and he's obviously very intelligent, and it's easy to connect with him. He's very relatable. I mean, anybody who would meet Aaron would like him in the first 30 seconds. I mean, he's a good guy. Nothing bad to say about him individually or personality-wise. But he needs to be a little tougher, a little bit meaner. He has to be able to pressure, put pressure on his players to say at some point, this is not acceptable. This kind of loss today or any particular day, we're better than this, and I don't accept it. I demand more from you. And for some reason, Aaron won't say it, and nor will he say it on TV. He is trying to paint a picture of a calm, in-control manager, emotionally stable, without the peaks and valleys of, of some you know, lunatic you know, the, the way managers used to be. Uh, Billy Martin, for instance, he does not want to be Billy Martin, and it would be false, fake, for him to try to be. I mean, for, just to paint a picture of what, what losses used to do to Billy Martin, I remember it was way back at the very start of my career, it was 1985, the Yankees got swept, and they, that, that was a good 85 team, they were in the pennant race, and they got swept by the Orioles one night, it pretty much ended ended their run, and Billy was so beat up over it. It destroyed him that he never went home that night. He just hit the bottle and slept on his couch in the office at the stadium and was there the next morning looking like hell and just, you know, nasty to be around. I mean, he just did not want to go into Billy's office when he was hungover. But my point is, losses really destroyed him. He took them personally. And you never get that sense from Aaron Boone that today was a terrible day. It's always, well, we've got to do better tomorrow, or I like the way we competed, or I saw some good at-bats. That's just the wrong thing to say for a high-profile team that underachieves. And when the Yankees went, lost 15 out of 20 this year, and it pretty much cost them the East, I felt that, that Boone underplayed that. And there was nothing wrong with him drawing on the equity in that clubhouse. The, the relationships he's built in three years should have allowed him to say, okay, guys, you know what? No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more of this. We're better than this, and I demand more from you. I demand more from you. Now, you don't have to, you know, upend a food table or rip anybody in the press. I mean, nobody does that anymore. You don't have to make headlines by singling anybody out or creating scapegoats. But you have to let them know the players are accountable and responsible for playing better, that there are millions of fans watching and expecting more and that they're not achieving that. That's what Aaron Boone has to do next year is to develop that that edge, that meanness in them, which every manager must have as one of the tools in his toolkit. Bob, final one. As the Yankees get ready for this offseason, we'll see who's going to win the World Series. I think it's going to be Tampa and the Dodgers. I think that'll be a hell of a World Series. What is the number one thing from, you know, a free agent standpoint 
trade standpoint, if uh, let's leave LeMayu out of this. Let's assume he's coming back. DJ LeMayu aside, if there's one move you'd like to see the Yankees make, what would that be? I want him to go get Trevor Bauer. And I honestly, I don't care if he and, and, and Garrett Cole hate each other's guts. I don't care. That's the thing, right, Bob? They don't, don't like each other, correct? No, they, they hate okay. each other's guts. I mean, you know, from everything I know, Trevor Bauer is a jerk. But you know what? The guy can deal, and he's not afraid. And Garrett Cole can deal. He's not afraid. You put those two together, even if they don't ever speak to each other next year. It's a big Yankee locker room, trust me. It's huge. They don't ever have to cross paths, ever. So put them on the same rotation, one and two, and now you're talking about a different team altogether. And you know what? If Garrett Cole really wants to win, which I know he does, believe me, he's sincere. He's all in. He's totally invested. If he wants to win, he'll live with Bauer in that same clubhouse. That'd be a whole lot of drama. I know that'd be a fun team to cover, Bob. It sure would. That'd be a fun team to cover, man. Garrett Cole and Bauer in that same locker room. And Bauer with you guys would be a handful. He'd be a handful. You know, it would be great if they let us back in the clubhouse next year. You know, That's another thing. We're doing Zoom interviews. I'm sick of it. Amen to that. Bob, listen, stay safe. Appreciate the insight. Great stuff as always. Have a wonderful Thursday, all right? Thanks, you too. Appreciate great you having Great stuff. Me on. There you have it. That's Bob Clappish, who's in on Trevor Bauer. Now, I don't know if that would work. I beg to differ there. Not from a talent standpoint. I, I just don't know if Bauer in New York City, from a Yankee standpoint, is a match made in heaven. We got a lot to chew on there. Let's get aboard with your outstanding telephone calls at 877-337-6666. And there was a ridiculous Nick rumor that was going around today. And why I would not be on board with this one bit. We're coming right back. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.